Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here today on This Needs to be Said. There's an elephant in the room, so we're going to talk about it. You know I love doing author interviews, and double, double whammy, it's a children's book. I like children's books. I still check out children's books from the library because it makes stories simple. And this book is no different. You get to learn 14 different languages in this book. At least you're able to say hello and to greet a friend in a different language. I found that amusing, and I enjoyed um, flipping through the pages of this book. The book is called Moochie the Suchi Visits the Peace People, and my author guest today is Quentin Douglas Crawford. Welcome to This Needs to be Said. How are you? Hello. How are you doing there? I'm fantastic. I'm I'm eager to get into this book. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) I would say I was gonna say I'm I'm over in California. Um We're time California. traveling. <laughs> oh yeah. We're time traveling, which is ironic because so is Moochie, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, before I get into the book itself, which I did enjoy, thank you for sharing it with me and giving me this opportunity to interview you about it. As I'd like to ask any author, what was your journey like? Did you find this? Um, first of all, let me even start. What inspired you to do a children's book? Well, it um, it started off with, well, since I, I'm a, currently I've been a substitute teacher over here in, a, in my area of uh, California, and I've been a... Uh, teacher trainer in the nation of Ghana and English teacher in uh, the nation of uh, China. Okay. Over my, uh, I guess my few years of life here, uh, even though I am kind of, I feel kind of old right now and some gray hairs coming out. (laughs) A little just for men will cure that or Les Brown likes to use a black, uh, well, he used mascara actually, Les Brown does. He'll put mascara on his gray hairs. <laughs> I just cut them off. <laughs> oh, that's one way too. Look at those options. <laughs> um, Did you travel to these different places through a program, or or you just you just took off? Like how how did you end up in these different countries? At least in those two countries, um, well, my dad was in the Air Force, so we traveled. Around oh, okay. That's, that's okay. Um. He's passed on, though, but from several years ago. Um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Send me some hugs. That's never easy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm still feeling it. You know, it was back in 2001. I still miss uh, it. Oh boy. Yeah. And, um, I've um, when I went to Ghana, I went there through a, a NGO, a non-governmental organization. Um, Similar to like uh, Peace Corps. Okay. Uh, an organization called IFESH, uh, the International Foundation for Education and Self Help. Um, they called me one day of um, one of the years that I was applying to go to other countries. So I found that I was qualified to go elsewhere to, to teach. Um, so one day I was offered a position, well, three positions, to go to um, South Korea. Okay. And I um, 
I was going to wait one more day to apply, I mean, to, to call back to decide which one of the, the jobs that I was going to take. Um, but the same morning, kind of stroke of luck, um, <clears throat> I got a call from the uh, one of the, the director, one of the directors of the IFESH organization, uh-huh. um, a guy from, um, I think his country, he was from Gabon, and he it was a wonderful experience. I was just basically just barely waking up. And he said, Quentin, do you want to go to Africa? I'll come to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you did it because I wanted to say cordon when you said it. <laughs> yeah, but, <man>. yeah. <laughs> I like I like, I like um, repeating other people's acts. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> uh, okay. uh, um, the guy, it, it was like a dream come true. I, I was applying to get to Africa for about uh, at, at least four years in a row, but I never got an acknowledgement. Uh-huh. Um, and the one year that I didn't apply, which was that one following year because I, I gave up, uh-huh. um, I was offered to to go to Ghana, and I, I was applying to go to Namibia, um, Ethiopia, um, uh, Cameroon, Nigeria, and one other country, uh-huh. but I never got acknowledgement. In Ghana, it was, it was, it was also one of my uh, possible options that I was applying for one of those four years prior and um, I had to say yes, because um, I mean I never knew I would get that kind of chance. Uh-huh. Uh So um, went through the training. I got flown down to Arizona. I think it was Scottsdale, somewhere down, somewhere down there. Really hot down there, there. <laughs> oh boy! I, I, I was born in the desert in the Mojave Desert in Southern California. Uh, but I didn't experience. I'm experienced that kind of heat for a really long time. <laughs> Other people's heat is is worse than our own heat. I tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, when I when when I find when I got around to getting to Ghana when I was flown over there from San Francisco International, all the way over into Northern Europe, um, Holland or something, the stopover and then down to Ghana. Um, when I got out of the airplane, I I don't think I ever experienced that kind of heat before. That, that humidity. <laughs> and my mother. That must have been really hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my mother in South Carolina. I've experienced that in the summer, summertime. But that was a whole other world. <laughs> uh, it took me about half a year to get used to that. Oh God! I would imagine. I would imagine. I've only lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I've visited other places. I went to Texas once, and I thought I, I was suffocating one time. It was so hot. I was like something grabbed me, and I couldn't see it. Some invisible force was just keeping me from breathing. I was like, "This is some different heat. I, I could wait in a car with the air on. I don't want to go to the mall anymore. I'm not interested." <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. So you've lived in different places. 
military. Um, your dad was in the Air Force. And and so you've experienced different cultures. So when putting together this children's book, was there maybe a spark at a cultural event? Like what, what made you say this is this is something that kids would enjoy or they could learn from. Um, I I'm I'm very engaged with it. I had lots of questions and I was like, ooh, you know, I didn't know if we were um, doing like Black Panther and creating a language or if I was really, you know, learning a language. And so I wanted to ask you that. Um, are we doing Black Panther? Is it you know the author's creativity or is this I am really learning to greet people in these different countries? These are the, the real languages of this 14 locations. Mm-hmm. Actually, 15 because there's our language, English as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I, I had, I want to be authentic as, as much as possible. Um, but back to the influences. Um, uh-huh. uh, what, one of the influences was uh, uh, when I some things that I saw in Ghana. Uh, well, two things in Ghana actually. Uh. One is, is uh, I didn't realize I was hungry for Afri- our own languages, uh, African languages. Uh-huh. Um, um, I, I knew I was. I wanted to find get to Africa. The, the magnetic pull that this is many of us uh, conscious African Americans have to, for the homeland, and uh, I was really happy to get there. Uh-huh. Because I was disappointed about my adaptation ability to the heat. Yes. Tropical zone. I just love being with the people, and I, I, did, I had no idea. If anybody there was a relative, and I found out later after I returned to California, my mother was interested in, in genealogy, uh, and I, I was too, uh, but not as much as she did. And in, in, uh, she did a G- DNA check and found out that some of our relatives were actually from that particular location where I was where I was at. Uh-huh. Back to the influences a bit more. Um, I remember seeing a little girl when I was at a, a bus station area um, in, when I was in Ghana. Um, I think it was in Kumasi, the city of Kumasi. It's a, it's a central, ancient trading city. Uh-huh. But, um, okay. Uh, most places uh, around the world I've discovered are, are Americanized in a sense, or at least look more like this country. I was kind of disappointed about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I remember this little girl playing with a Barbie doll, little African girl playing with a Barbie doll and trying to think that she, the Barbie doll looked prettier than her. Huh. Oh, that was, that was, I found that sick to my stomach. And seeing, uh, uh, little African girl, beautiful little, um, little kid. Um, I don't know. Her parents had her. I guess her parents had her hair really nicely fixed up, and she was like cute as a 
Like she could be a little model or something. Uh, uh-huh. uh, African doll. Um, but she's thinking that this blonde hair, blue-eyed Barbie doll looked better than her. <laughs> so, uh. <no. laughs> but I, I, you know. That, you know that's I, ironic I, because I thought that that was just an American problem. So well, we're the same. Yeah, there's um, there are issues. In some sense, um, those of us here in America were a few decades ahead of um, in racial identity and identification of ourselves and pride than they than they are in uh, at least where I was in Ghana. Uh-huh. I'm hearing heard things over the years about uh, children in uh, Nigeria and many other countries in uh, the Congo. So, so on, um, having that same backwards belief that some other people are better than them um, in all ways, uh-huh. um, appearance, intelligence, and so forth. And I, I, I definitely found that pretty troubling. Um, that what that is one of the elements and sparks that led me to creating this children's book. Uh-huh. Um, another is uh, when I returned to California and uh, I started to have a better look, better view, uh, better sense in looking at the history books. Uh-huh. And um, noticed that um, almost every story of world history is focused on on men, usually of one particular race or two, um, killing, conquering, or destroying others, or enslaving others. Uh-huh. And practically um, nothing, uh, no mention of women or girls. Um there's, um, I remember that in my history books. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, that may be why I wasn't that interested in history. Yeah, that's that's something I want to challenge because I, I was noticing that with the girls in, in school, mm-hmm. looking across at my students and trying and separating a little bit on on uh, how each gender is taking the information that they're getting. Um, I, I noticed a lot of uh, distracted behavior or, or so from um, the girls in history classes. And when it comes to science, it's a totally different picture. Everybody seems to be enjoying and focused on, on things, actually depending on the teacher. <laughs> um, it, it, it does. I don't remember enjoying science either. <laughs> it does depend on the teacher. Yeah, I, I try when when I'm there as a teacher. I try to engage, have everybody engaged. And um, when I've had the opportunity to be a full-time um, teacher wherever I was, um, you see, I. I've had some kind of a hands-on activity or something 
and has created something, uh, even if it's a mixing arts with it, um, uh-huh. to make sure everybody is in touch, at least in some way, with the information that they're, they're learning. Um, so I found that experiments when it comes to um, um, at least science and experiments and research independent research tends to be the the thing that um, draws students to do or to be interested in whatever they're learning. What um, they can discover on their own? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've always tried to do to integrate that and there's I, I don't want to go swing too far into education but that's one of my my next books that I'm Okay. Okay. So the inspiration. So how long did it take you to to do this? Because it sounds like a lot of things inspired this project. So how long did it take you to put this together? Um, approximately about a year and a half. And what was the most challenging part for you? Um. Well, first I had uh, I had to figure on getting a character, so I had to reach out. And found some uh, found a guy over in uh, Sri Lanka, of all places, to draw a character. I didn't go there, but I just reached out online. Uh, uh-huh. The guy in Sri Lanka drew the character for me as I was asking, was trying to figure who or what should this character, the main character, be, to make this story of interest to um, the children. And possibly uh-huh. the parents as well. I figured, uh, trying to figure on getting a, a girl from some other, some culture, I'm not sure which one. So I, after kind of banging my head against the wall, almost literally about this, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, um, it came to mind, I say, forget Earth. Make the girl from somewhere else. Uh huh. So I figured make it a alien girl, and um, how I came about this, but maybe it was watching a Star Trek episode or something. Um, figuring to put the girl in the present. Um. She comes to Earth in sometime in the present, someplace in the present, and uh, I'm gonna figure make the story that she sees something wrong with humanity. Uh-huh. So she decides to go back in time, um, in of of her, our species, and um, she goes to the earliest civilization that she could find. And I know there's there's. Archaeologist and a friend of mine is an archaeologist. He's a primary researcher uh-huh. um, and professor of Menu and Pim. Um, I um, guess I discussed a little bit with him. Um, I put the girl in. She, she went all the way back into the 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 uh, Empire of Kush, uh, K U S H, and. Um, and she goes into Nubia. Um, she goes way back then, just prior to Egypt. Well, what we call okay. Egypt. 
wrong name. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. This is part one of the interview with author Quentin Crawford. And we're going to continue the conversation about his children's book, Moochie the Suchi. Very fun book so far. Um, very fun interview for me. So anyway, I want to say bye for now, and we will see you. Actually, we will hear you. Actually, you will hear us next time on This Needs to Be Said for part two. Thank you for tuning in to This Needs to Be Said. I hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Send me your comments and show ideas through the website at tntbsmedia.com. I'd love to hear from you.